This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Woe to the wise and intelligent from whom the secrets of the kingdom have been hidden. Though this sounds like a particularly dangerous and foreboding message for St. David's, because I often hear people talk about our congregation as being composed of wise and careful thinkers, filled with intelligent people who aren't afraid to ask the hard questions and to have difficult conversations. Our pews, after all, are often filled with retired bishops and clergy, with judges, reporters and commentators, lawyers, teachers, investors, business leaders, doctors, community leaders, EFM grads and students of scripture and too many other backgrounds to name. But no matter our background or profession, as a group we are a people who like to know things. We like to have the answers and to possess knowledge and understanding. We like to work and to parse things out. We like to attend lectures in Crail Sea but I won't speak for all of you, but I will speak for myself and say that knowledge can often lead to division and to disagreement. Once I think I have an opinion or an understanding of something, then I want to believe that I am right, that I have the correct view on politics or religion or social issues. And those who disagree with me are either simply failing to truly grasp the issue are quite simply wrong. Now, knowledge in itself isn't bad, but when it leads to pride and division and the building of walls, then knowledge quickly moves you away from the kingdom and into the behaviors of the world. Knowledge like this puffs us up. It makes us feel good and superior to those who disagree or to those that we don't understand. I think we know that division and disagreement and conflict are nothing new. Our current situation, whether it be political or economical or social, can feel particularly oppressive. And we be can begin to believe that these times are worse than ever before, are more divided than ever before. But we have to remember that this text was written almost 2,000 years ago, to a people suffering under foreign occupation and rule, carrying a heavy and an overwhelming burden of taxation and oppression. And just think about all of the wars and social movements and political divisions and economic traumas that have happened since this text was written. It's easy for us to find ourselves like the children in the marketplace, arguing over what game to play. We're told that one group wants to play wedding and for some reason the other group wants to pretend like they're at a funeral. And so half of them are wanting to dance and the other half wants to mourn. So there's no agreement. Just a wild mix of singing and wailing and uncoordinated play. Two groups each thinking they have the rules of the game and the right way to play. Yet all that is happening is disagreement and confusion and chaos. 
Now, we might not find ourselves today under foreign oppression and rule, but we're still held hostage by injustices of our own creation or those of the world. We still pick sides and choose our games and then expect everyone else to get on board and to agree with our plans or our understanding or our rules. Those who disagree with us are then labeled as other or as disagreeable or simply as wrong. Jesus talks about this division and uses the example of John the Baptist and of God's self, saying that John came and was criticized for being too ascetic and ascetic and strict, and then Jesus was criticized for being too free and loose with the rules. No one was happy, no matter how they came or what they presented. And often in this search for knowledge, we think we're finding answers and resolution. We think that we will find security and certainty. We can even fool ourselves into thinking that there's an end to our search and that one day we'll reach the proper level of knowledge or understanding or faith, and then we can finally relax and coast, secure in our newfound position. We can foolishly yoke ourselves to our own knowledge and power, to our desires, or to any worldly need or aspiration. Yet Jesus is saying in today's reading that answers are not found in knowledge. Wisdom and certainty aren't the cure-alls that we might pretend that they are. Jesus speaks of a relief from these burdens and expectations and describes God's yoke as being kind and its burdens as small or light. Goodness and kindness and mercy are the true marks of the kingdom. Humility and vulnerability and openness are the traits to be revered and sought after. The secrets of the kingdom are revealed to infants. I might make a note here as a grandfather and someone whose two-year-old grandson lives with them that God didn't say toddlers. <laughs> he said infants. There's nothing quite more worldly in my experience than a two-year-old, right? Their demands for themselves and for the things of the world. But an infant, on the other hand, looks simply to those providing care, is completely self-reliant on those that are outside of them, dependent upon them for everything. They can admit in their own little minds that they need other people and those outside of them. They aren't self-sufficient and reliant on their own abilities. They're vulnerable and open-minded. And Jesus' yoke provides rest for us from our burdens, rest from the things that imprison us and weigh us down. It's an offer of teamwork, of unity, and of relief. So I ask you today, what do you need rest from? What burdens are you carrying? What is weighing you down? Can you ask God to relieve you of this burden and to give you rest? Can you pray for freedom? What would relief look like for you in this moment? How can you find humility and vulnerability 
and openness to help you in your search? How can we place ourselves amongst the infants, amongst the vulnerable and the humble, so that we might learn from them and be freed from our oppression? How do we learn to see and act and be open to the world like an infant? I read this week a description of Jesus' yoke, and I wanted to quote it and share it with you. And they said, they wrote, to take Jesus' yoke upon oneself is to be yoked to the one in whom God's kingdom of justice, mercy, and compassion is breaking into this world, and to find the rest for which the soul longs. So I invite you this week to pray for relief from your burdens, asked to take on Jesus' yoke so that you might be led into justice and mercy and compassion, asked to find the rest that you so deeply need and deserve, asked for freedom from division and certainty and hubris, pray for vulnerability and unity with God, Pray to be united with Jesus. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.